The Stressed Out Caregiver Podcast, episode 152. What is a buy-in in a long-term care community? Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to the Stressed Out Caregiver Podcast. I'm your host, Casey Price, from the stressedoutcaregiver.com. And quickly, before we begin, I want to remind everybody about the Stressed Out Caregiver Facebook support group. It's available to anyone caring for an aging parent, spouse, or elderly loved one. It is an amazing group. I see some amazing things posted and discussed in this group as people work through issues they're dealing with on their caregiving journey, and they are able to get help and and support and and motivation it's amazing what I'm seeing and how this community engages with each other and it's growing by the minute. So I hope you will consider joining the group if it could be helpful to you and or if you have information that could be helpful to other people as they're caring for their for their loved ones here because um, we're all in this together. You know, everybody who, who is caring for a loved one, you know, there's a community out there of, of us and, and sometimes we don't realize it's out there and you don't understand that it exists until you become, you know, immersed uh, a little more in it. So this is an opportunity to immerse yourself in it and get the support and the help that you need and be someone out there helping others uh, as they deal with these issues also. Now, um, today we're going to talk about an issue that's been around for many years. It's something a lot of people think is, um, it's going to be an issue as their loved one moves into a long-term care community, but in many situations, it isn't. But let's talk about it so you know what it is, what to expect, and and, and why it might not apply in your loved one's situation, and that is a buy-in into a long-term care community. So what is a buy-in at a long-term care community? The answer is that some communities have upfront fees that residents pay in order to move into the community. The fee can range from tens of thousands of dollars up to hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's separate and apart from any other costs associated with living in the community, like room and board and levels of care. Now, here's the thing about it. I don't want you to be afraid of buy-ins because in most situations, they aren't an issue. They don't often, you don't often see them in, in assisted livings or memory care communities or nursing homes. Often you'll see buy-ins in continuing care retirement communities, the kind of communities that have pretty much every level of care all under one roof. So the, the ideal model of someone who moves into it a uh, continuing care retirement community is that they would move in when they're young and healthy and independent and they would spend significant time in the independent living part of the community and then as they have needs they would transition through different levels of care all on the same campus under the under the same roof so they never leave the property. They never leave the community. If the continuing care community has all spectrums or the whole range of, of, of long-term care, you would never have to leave that community in order to get whatever care you need along the way. So most of the time, it's not an issue. If you move into a standalone assisted living, there probably will not be a buy-in. Same thing with a standalone memory care. Same thing with a nursing home. If you transition from an assisted living to a nursing home, from one 
company's assisted living to a different company's nursing home, there's probably not going to be a buy-in. It's often going to be in those continuing care retirement communities and is usually limited to the higher-end communities, those more expensive communities. Um, you know that That's often where you'll see this. Now, there's a number of things you have to look into if the community um, that your loved one is considering has a buy-in. The first is, how do they charge for their monthly services? Do they use a discounted fee or is it a flat rate? So some communities charge a flat rate, which means the same amount no matter what level of care your loved one might need. If they're in an independent living, assisted living, memory care, nursing home, it's all one monthly fee. It's the same flat fee no matter where they are on their on their aging journey. And that means you might actually overpay when they're in the independent living and, and low level assisted living. And you might get under market rates when they're in higher level assisted living and nursing home because you know if it's a flat rate, it's gonna probably seem high when they don't need a lot of care, but it's gonna seem really low when their level of care um, increases. It provides certainty. Hey, if you move into a community and you know you're paying $5,000 a month no matter where in the community you, you live, what level of care you need, you know what your fees are going to be, what your expense is going to be from now until the, you know, the end of your life. So you can plan uh, maybe a little bit better by having that flat rate. On the other hand, the, the alternative model is that some communities charge a discounted monthly rate, meaning if you've paid in, you're actually going to pay under or bought in, you're actually going to pay under market rates for every level of care. So if if independent living in your area is um, $4,000 a month, your loved one might pay $2,500 a month in that community they bought into. You know, so, so it works like that. Assisted living, which averages $7,500 a month in your area, your loved one might only pay $5,000 a month. There's a discount along the way uh, in the community where they bought in. So what you have to do is when they're moving into the community or or, or even better yet, when they're exploring the possibility of, of selecting that community, you have to learn how they charge for the services they're providing to your loved one. And there may not be anything special. There may not be a flat rate or a discounted monthly rate. You may just pay going market rates, even though you've spent uh, $250,000 to buy into the community. Um, you got to just be aware of that. You've got to explore it and know what's happening before your loved one decides to move in. Another issue, and maybe this should have been the first issue because it's probably the first thing people think of, is do I get my money back if I buy in? Or if my loved one passes away, does it come back to their estate? The answer is most of the time, yes. You get some, or or in some situations, all of your money back. But lots of times, it's the majority of the money you, you use to buy in. So it's 90% is a very common number, where if your loved one passes away, they're, they're ultimately, or their estate is ultimately going to get 90% of the buying amount back. So sometimes though you won't get any money back. You, you again, you have to talk to the community and learn what their policies are up front. Uh, either way, it's going to be clear in the agreement. But even if you do get the money back, there is one wrinkle and that is this. You often don't get paid back until they re-rent the room. So if your loved one passes away and it takes them six months to a year to re-rent the room, you're not getting the money payable to their estate until that happens. That's often clearly spelled out in the agreement if that situation applies. So again, go into this with, with full knowledge of what you have to do with this buying money, how it's being used, whether you get it back, what benefits do you get by buying in um, 
you know, there's a lot you have to learn. It, it adds a layer of complexity into the selection of the assisted li- or of the long-term care community. And again, in this case, it's probably a continuing care retirement community. But you got to do the work. You got to figure this stuff out before you just write a big check over to the community, and then you're surprised at some point in the future you didn't realize something applied. You know, based on. Um, based on facts that came up because you weren't you 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 didn't you didn't really explore it uh, with enough depth and detail when they first moved in uh so let's see here now different rooms have different buy-ins right what's that mean well depending on where the room is located if it's a one-bedroom apartment that's located near all the common areas versus the one same exact one-bedroom apartment that's located far away from the common areas you might have a higher buy-in on the room that's closer to the common areas that might be a more popular room and they may be able to charge a premium on the buy-in for somebody to get that room so depending on where the the, the room is located or the the um, the house the little bungalow wherever it is they're living depending on location that could affect the buy-in amount. Also, size will often affect the buy-in amount. You're going to pay more for a one-bedroom than a studio. If a studio is $80,000, a one-bedroom might be $120,000. A two-bedroom might be $190,000. You know, so so you might see rates like that on the buy-in amount. And these are factors in deciding what your loved one can afford in that community. You have to be um, you have to be smart here. If your loved one wants to go to a community with a huge buy-in, and that huge buy-in is going to make their uh, their ability to live their life with at the highest quality because of, of cash flow issues or they're afraid that they don't have assets in the bank now because of this buy-in. It might not be the right community for your loved one, even if they've always talked about living there or it's the place you like the best. If it's going to cause stress, if spending this money up front is going to cause stress in any way, it may not be the right choice for them. So be very aware of that as you look for a community, especially one with a big buy-in. You could pay a big buy-in and still encounter other upfront costs and expenses. What are some of those other upfront costs and expenses? Well, you might see a community fee, which would be a small non-refundable fee, well, small in relation to potentially the buy-in, which could be huge, uh, a small non-refundable fee. So if you're moving into a a community, they may have a $4,500 non-refundable community fee in addition to the buy-in. And and often what would happen is while the buy-in would be refundable, that community fee fee wouldn't be. So um, that's why you might see that on top of the buy-in. But in many situations, if you're buying in, you won't see that type of community fee charge. Um, security deposits. You might spend $250,000 on a buy-in and then be told you have to give a month or two security deposit uh, when, when you move in. Doesn't happen all the time, but don't be surprised if it does. It can definitely happen. And the final thing you have to be aware of are private pay requirements. And even though these aren't things you're going to take out of pocket and pay up front. You have to be aware that they exist. So what's a private pay requirement? It is a requirement that the community has before your loved one can get Medicaid. So if your loved one actually um, might run out of money at some point in the future, the community will say, we won't let them stay until they've paid us privately for two years or three years or some period of time. Now, it, well, again, while it's not money you're going to pull out of pocket right up front, you have to be aware that it exists so that you can plan properly and your loved one doesn't get caught by running out of money before the private pay uh, requirement has been fulfilled and then the community asks them to leave before, you know, rather than stay on Medicaid. 
learn about it up front. So even though you're buying in, that could still apply to your love in, to your loved one. Now, if a person's running out of money and they have a buy-in, there's often a policy that says, as you're running out of money, we will use the buy-in amount to pay the bill up until the money's gone. It will be part of the spend-down process. But again, you have to clarify that with the community. I wish I could just give you the answers. I wish I could say, here's exactly how it works. You know, you, you do this, you do that. It works for everybody in every situation. The problem is it doesn't. Every community is going to have different rules, different requirements, different policies and procedures. So when you are exploring communities for your loved one, you really have to pay attention to what what their that community is is doing what they're asking for and compare it to what other communities are doing because they're always going to be different. No two communities are the same in how they charge for things, what their policies are, what the procedures are. So make sure that you don't visit one community and assume they're all going to be the same. They're all going to treat things exactly the same. Uh, Even two communities in your area with buy-ins, right? You look at two long-term care, um, continuing care retirement communities, and they both have a buy-in. You can't assume that the one you learned about today is going to be the same as the one you learn about tomorrow. They can be extremely different even though they both they, they might both have a buy-in of $150,000, but one may be non-refundable, one may be, one may charge a flat rate, one may charge a discounted rate, one may have um, a private pay requirement, the other one might not. You've really got to learn the ins and outs of, of what you're getting yourself into when your loved one uh, decides to um, enter a continuing care retirement community with a buy-in. Each one is individual, each one is different, and make sure you're paying careful attention as you're going through the documents and the agreement, and make sure you clearly understand not just what the salesperson is telling you, because remember, if it's not in the agreement, it it didn't happen, it doesn't happen, it doesn't apply. You're not going to be able to come back later, you know, three years from now and say, hey, wait a minute, I know the agreement says this, but the salesperson told us something else way back when. Nobody's going to care or listen to what the salesperson said. It's whatever's in the agreement that you're agreeing to. So make sure you understand that agreement and you might want to have it reviewed by an elder care attorney. Now look, today's episode was really long and there's I, I could have talked I, I spoke I think I spoke really fast and I probably could have gone on for another hour or two talking about this issue and all the the things that relate to the buy-in in a community but it's an overview the the key takeaway is that you make sure you do the work to understand the contract understand what your loved one is getting themselves into if there is a buy-in in that community so you know exactly what to expect down the road what's going to happen to that money so i hope again this is helpful i hope it gives you a little bit of 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 uh, inner peace as you are working through these issues with your loved one remember to check out the stressed out caregiver facebook support group we talk about issues like this and other related issues uh, in that group and it might be very helpful to you uh, and um, once again today and as always this show is based um it well it's based it's it's based on information that i've accumulated over the years it is not a legal show it is not intended to provide legal advice it's simply information so you can find the help you and your aging parent spouse or elderly loved one need to provide each of you with the highest possible quality of life and the least amount of stress. Again, this show went a little long, but I think the information and the content is worth it. I hope you think so too. I really appreciate the opportunity to share this with you. Remember, I'm Casey Price from thestressedoutcaregiver.com, and until I have the privilege of talking to you again, I wish you nothing but the best. <laughs>